Good afternoon and welcome to the show. Well, we've got a jam-packed show for you and we're going to get right into it. Just so you know, I've got Phil Soper, President and CEO for Royal LePage. We will continue on our new segment on being on the ground with the local realtors a little bit later on the hour. I've got Shannon McLean and she's from the McLean Group in Ajax and Pickering. And uh, this is one of those marketplaces that, you know, was very, very underrated for years and definitely has had a big increase over the last few years and we're going to uh, have a great conversation with Shannon. Also, Mr. Frank Leo. That's right. You've heard his name here quite a bit right here on News Talk 1010 and Frank is going to be joining me in studio in a little while. But first, um, because we've got such a busy show today, I'm going to jump right into our question of the week. Remember, you can reach me, Todd, at thesimpleinvestor.com if you do have a question. And I do have one and it's from Lisa and it says, Hi, Todd. My husband and I listed our house and our agent has done nothing. We want out of our contract, but she refuses. Can can you make any suggestions? Okay, so Lisa, just so you're aware is that when you sign a contract, of course, there's the start and stop date on this and you're, you are, you do become committed when you sign a listing agreement. And now in most cases, people are signing 60 day, uh, 90 days, never try to push more than that. You know, there, if an agent says to you, Hey, listen, sign for six months, nobody needs six months to, uh, to sell a home. So first and foremost, make sure you've, uh, you've got a tight contract. Now you want to get out of this. So here's the problem. You've actually technically signed with, yes, an agent, a representative, but this is with a brokerage. So one of the things that I always encourage people to do is to have a conversation with the office manager or the broker of record of the actual company that you have your listing with. So when you take a look at it, it could be ABC Real Estate Inc. Brokerage. Well, whoever is the broker of record there or the office manager, I would reach out to them if this agent is not cooperating. Now, they may uh, offer you a complete release, which means a cancellation. Uh, they may turn around and say, no, we're not going to let you out. But do you have another sales representative from our company that you would be interested in? Um, the other thing, of course, is that when an agent turns around and says to you, yes, I'm willing to cancel your listing, if it's not a paper that actually on the very top of it says cancellation, if it says that they're going to just simply um, suspend it, your property is still listed. You can't go with another agent. And they'll, they may turn around and say, if the agent has introduced the property to anybody in the last month, there's a holdover clause. And normally you'll see a holdover clause being anywhere from 90 to 180 days. And a holdover clause means that if they have actually brought somebody in and that person comes back and tries to buy from you privately, you still owe them the commission. So this is, this is always a tough position. So what you should do is perhaps put together a list of what the problems are that you have with the agent. So are they marketing it? Are they doing open houses? Did they do brochures? Do you like the way it is in the MLS? You should have been given copies of what the listing looks like. If not, go out to MLS.ca, find it yourself. And one of the things that you want to do is make sure the description is what you like. So keep in mind that you ultimately are the one that own the home and that you can decide who will end up selling it. But once you're under a contract like this, sometimes it's a little harder to break. So again, first advice, get in touch with the manager or the broker of record. Second of all, uh, you turn around, if you cannot get through to the agent, that might be the only course of action. 
you can ask for a cancellation doesn't necessarily mean that they'll give it to you but once again keep in mind that you know what you don't want your house just sitting lagging in the marketplace you're losing some good marketing time and we are coming into the spring market so i wish you the best of luck with that lisa and uh, hopefully that you're able to get this resolved so joining me now is phil sober he is the ceo and president for royal LePage, and uh, welcome back to the show phil it's great to be on the show always you know, I always appreciate you coming on. You've had so much great insight uh, for us. And, of course, keeping us kind of in the now of what's going on in the real estate market in Canada. You know, Royal Page has been a big leader, and, and having you on has always been a real pleasure. So, Phil, uh, some major stuff happened this week. Um, you know, new release out by Royal Page talking about that uh, the impact of the tax in the BC market. Can you, can you tell our listeners exactly what has broken down and what is, is being done in, in British Columbia now with this new tax that's coming in? Yeah, well, first of all, the, uh, the government in, in British Columbia changed very recently. So we've got a, a new minority uh, NDP government, and as one of their first acts, they have rolled out a, a, a potential or a, a proposed property tax regime. So it introduces a number of uh, new taxes. There's uh, new taxes on foreign investment. There's new land transfer taxes on expensive homes. And the, the one that, that uh, concerned us the most was uh, what they call a speculator tax uh, that impacts... Um, in particular, people from other parts of Canada. So it is a, a tax on properties that are owned by non-BC uh, residents and uh, not lived in full-time. So predominantly, if you think about uh, an area like Kelowna, British Columbia, which is relatively close to uh, Calgary, one of the largest cities in the country, and as it turns out, about 15% of the properties in the uh, region are owned by uh, Albertans. Uh, they will now have to pay uh, a pretty substantial tax every year. Uh, could amount to, you know, well over $10,000 on a typical uh, uh, vacation home there uh, for the sort of pleasure of, of owning the property. Wow. So, Phil, just just out of curiosity, I mean, you know, we we, we kind of in Ontario, you know, we've, we've kind of taken the lead from B.C. when they when they do things. And one of the things they did, of course, back August uh, 2016, they threw in the foreign buyer tax of 15 percent. I understand that they want to change the foreign buyer tax now to 20 percent. And, and and looking at it, because I, I guess they feel that the foreign buyers, you know, adjusted themselves, said, okay, we'll, we'll suck up the 15%. So they're, they're, they're trying to build, a, a, you know, their, their bankroll a little bit more by going to 20. Yeah, it's an interesting uh, strategy. I believe it's political in nature. Uh, the, and when you, when you think about it, for, for – politicians if there's a way they can look like they're dealing with a problem and uh, impacting a group that uh, are you know don't have a real say they don't have a vote and they don't have a real say and the people are uh, say comfortable that they're made a scapegoat that's what this tax looks like because it's not really effective uh, 
policy. They make up such a, foreign investors make up such a small percentage of uh, home sales in the province of BC that you're not going to actually change home prices as a result of this tax. You'll make a little bit of money, but the 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 irony the irony here is as you raise the tax, fewer people buy, and so the uh, amount of revenue being generated by the tax is a lot lower than uh, originally anticipated. So it's not effective policy, but it might be effective politics. Yeah, and you know, interestingly enough, you know, a lot of what we've seen over the last two years, you and I kind of analyzing these marketplaces, when these taxes come into play, it, it's not just about the foreign buyers. It affects the overall mentality of a market. You know, there's this perception. So all of a sudden, your typical domestic buyer also kind of freezes up. You know, you, you, we, we, we've seen it. It's, you know, they have to get adjusted. They feel that, okay, there's no longer going to be that, that person showing up with a briefcase of money. So then just that whole mindset gets adjusted can you see, can you see, uh, and, and I guess I, I'll, I'll, I'll preface this by saying, not sure if the Wynn government's going to get reelected, but could you see a provincial government in Ontario suggesting doing something like this? Because, you know, we've got a lot of foreign ownership up in the Muskokas and in the cottage country, countries and, you know, Kawarthas and everywhere else. Could, do you think that they would try to take advantage of something like this? I suppose it's possible. The... And you're right. Uh, Americans are the uh, the largest uh, foreign investors uh, in Ontario. If you look at recreational properties, so just as Canadians are the largest foreign investors in American property, and and it's concentrated in some belt areas like uh, uh, Florida, Arizona, and California, they love our they love our uh, beautiful land, and they they spend best capital here and uh, spend spend money here as tourists and we spend a lot of money both provincially and federally to try to get the world to come and that's one of the uh, ironic things about the, uh, the bc taxes is that on one side of the government they're spending a lot of money talking about beautiful british columbia and saying you know come 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 tourism is so important this is a beautiful part of the world because it is an important part of the economy and uh, out of the other side of the mouse are uh, these policies that are introduced to uh, dissuade people from doing exactly that. They're a disincentive to invest in the province. So it's it's not a homogeneous policy uh, in Ontario, but I've heard nothing in the discussion. So one thing I will say uh, is this government and previous governments uh, in uh, Ontario have you, the practice of consulting with uh, business, with industry before implementing uh, policy. They don't always listen, but they do consult. Whereas in BC, they have a tendency to to roll things out without consultation. And as a result, it, it can be flawed. We've already seen one set of revisions uh, just a week after uh, the BC government rolled out the proposed tax as a result of, uh, you know, the out, out, uh, Rage, I guess you'd call it, from BC residents. So that's the other thing in the in the roll page study. The advisors in BC and Alberta say the number one impacted group will be BC residents. Yeah. Well, listen, Phil, it's always great to have you on the show and give us the latest update. And um, you know what? We'll uh, we'll definitely stay in touch through the spring. We want to see if we get a little bit of a bounce back once the market starts to pick up a little. So it's always a pleasure. 
great talking to you, Todd. You have a great day. Great. Thanks so much. Folks, that was Mr. Phil Soper. He is CEO of Royal LePage. Coming up after the break, I've got Shannon McLean. She is from the Ajax Pickering area. She's part of the McLean Group. And we're going to talk about the market right there, right now. So stay with us. We'll be right back after this. And welcome back. You know, it's uh, it's interesting because as the market has continued to progress and move outwards, you know, a lot of people forgot about a few areas. And one of the areas that has had, you know, incredible growth over the last few years is, of course, the Ajax Pickering area. And as I mentioned to you, you know, of course, our new segment where we actually, you know, go with local agents, people that have the actual knowledge that are working it day to day, uh, it's a lot better approach than us just talking about the headlines all the time. And so uh, this week, I'm going to be joined by Shannon McLean, and she's part of the McLean Group, and she does work in the Ajax Pickering area. And uh, Shannon, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. You know, it's a real pleasure being able to talk to people that are, you know, out there. I, I won't call it in the trenches because, you know, uh, unfortunately, you know, the Ajax Pickering area has gotten way nicer. And uh, so you're, you're, you're there on the street dealing with things day to day. And uh, maybe you can tell us, how is the market right now? I mean, you know, we're kind of, we're kind of starting to evolve into the spring market. Are, are we starting to see, you know, some heat in the marketplace? We've been really busy from January onwards. I think a lot of people wait until the spring market, but as you know, it's all supply and demand. So when people wait until the nicer weather, everyone else does too. We love a January, February market. We're able to get listings out there. There's a lot of buyers looking after Christmas, after the holidays. People who aren't a fan of the colder weather just want hobbies or something else to do. So it's it's a really active market that uh, we like to take advantage of and encourage our sellers to put their houses up. At that time, because we're the best on the block, we're able to kind of push the envelope in terms of price and exposure. I love that. As as an agent, I used to practice it all the time. You know, I'd be talking to everybody in November, December, so they could start off the new year, you know, being one of the only ones in the market, you get the best exposure. And you also catch a lot of people sleeping because, you know, for yourself, you know, in, in your marketplace, I know you live and breathe this on a day-to-day ba- basis, but some of the part-timers, they, 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 they haven't revved up the machine yet. So they're not, they're not out there with, you know, listings that they may or may not, you know, be able to, to get out. And so this, this is a great, way for people can you know get the best of the market at the time but one question i have for you is that did did you find your marketplace you know was affected by the new stress test at all when uh, when they implemented the the you know extra two percent on qualification it wasn't to the extent that i think everyone was expecting it to be and i think obviously last january february march april was insane and of course, the market corrects itself, but I mean, we're, we are still up from 2016 prices out in Durham. And I think a lot of people were kind of on hold in the fall to see how that played out. But with credit unions not applying to them and the different dynamics of it, it wasn't as impactful as I think everyone expected it to be. And I think that's part of the reason why we're seeing our market continue to grow um, is people realizing that at the end of the day, people still need a place to live and still will be buying and selling. Your marketplace, uh, Ajax and Pickering, it's still affordable in comparison to, let's say, the downtown core. What um, what do you see as kind of the lead sellers? Are, are you finding that it, your detached market, semi-detached market is the one that's growing the most? Or are you finding that more the first-time buyer, townhome or condominium has got its strength? 
we're more affordable outside of the city and we're 25 minutes direct train downtown so we're still really close and accessible and I mean you can get a semi-detached or a townhome here for 550 575 that's move-in ready you can get a fully detached three-bedroom home for under 700,000 whereas in the city you're looking at kind of like a two-bedroom condo for that price I think people are just being pushed out of the city into Pickering Ajax and Durham region that goes too in the upper market. I mean, you can get a beautiful, you know, I mean, 3,500 square foot home with nine foot ceilings and all the upgrade finishes for just over a million. As our market grows, it's so much more affordable than downtown, and we're still so close. And Pickering and Ajax offer so much amenity wise too. Pickering revitalized their nautical village uh, lakefront a number of years ago, and we've got hiking trails, biking trails. Like Ajax maintains its waterfront year round, so it's in the winter, it's plowed and salted, so people who do hike, bike, jog, whatnot, um, have a spot to do that that's literally at their doorstep. That's important that people understand, you know, not just the fact that you've got the affordability, but all the amenities that you have. Because, again, this, you know, one, one of the things that we've recognized is that, you know, people definitely have a want list. You know, they obviously want nice homes, nice finishings, everything else. But they also want to have that ability to, as you say, go for a walk around the lake, you know, have, have the, the parks, the structure that allows them to also enjoy their life, not just being in a square box. Absolutely. And I think accessibility too, like the 401 was really the only way to come out here, but they've extended the 407 now out to the 35115. So it's making communities like Pickering, Ajax, Brooklyn, the rest of Durham region that much more accessible too. And I think there's still a lot of opportunity that people can jump into the marketplace now at a reasonable price who are priced out of the city, still have that accessibility close to downtown and see their investment appreciate quickly over the next couple of years once we're kind of more quote-unquote discovered. One of the things that we've seen uh, this year a little bit more, of course, are the open house signs popping up. You know, this time last year, you know, people weren't bothering doing them. They just simply said, forget it, we'll put it on MLS.ca, we'll have offers in, in a week. And, you know, multiple offers would come, you know, st uh, streaming in. At this time, do you find that they are benefiting in your marketplace, you know, the, the sellers? Is, is it a good thing to do open houses? Or are you of the mindset that they're not to be done? We're a strong supporter in open houses. We do them every weekend and we just for the past six or seven years we do ours differently than I think most agents we have a very controlled scenario where I think it, it's not a free-for-all and I think a lot of sellers get stressed out because they don't know who's in their home whereas if you have an appointment that realtor is licensed insured anything goes awry that's who the fallback is so we I mean we ask for driver's license photo ID from everyone who comes through we only allow two groups through it is very controlled and if people don't like it they don't need to see the house or they can call their agents and book an appointment that way that's kind of one way to showcase the house as well as kind of qualify and educate your buyers too I mean people come who come are coming from Toronto that don't know all the hidden gems about the neighborhood uh, like parks and schools whatnot you're able to spend that time with them to educate them on that and make them fall in love with it. Yeah, no, it makes total sense. Uh, you know, we used to practice it all the time, and, and I'm a big believer of that style. So, so Shannon, if uh, if our listeners want to reach you or they want more information in the uh, Pickering Ajax area, how do they reach you? We're all across social media. You can always call us direct, or the best way is to page us through the office at 905-831-3300. Uh, or you can find us online at theremaxfamily.com.
Okay, excellent. Listen, it's been a real pleasure having you on the show today and uh, definitely we'll have to reach out to you again and get an update as the spring market continues. Thanks so much. That was Shannon McLean. And when we come back, we've got more. So stay with us. We'll be right back after this. And welcome back. So this segment, as you might have gotten used to, uh, or at least we have for the last few weeks, is the segment where we like to feature a real estate agent in a marketplace. And, um, you know, instead of mincing words, I'm just going to drop the name uh, Frank Leo. Uh, Most of you have heard uh, Frank's name, of course, here right on News Talk 1010. You'll hear Jerry mention uh, Frank all the time. And, you know, I've had wonderful experiences with Frank in the past. And Frank, welcome to the show. Thank you for inviting me. Always a pleasure, you know, to talk to realtors. But you know, you're not just a you're not just a realtor. You know, one of the things that you know uh, I, I hope that our listeners recognize is that you are in the top echelon of real estate. In fact, uh, Frank is the number one real estate agent with the Remax Network uh, in the world. And you know, first of all, congratulations. That's that's absolutely awesome. Thank you awesome. very much. Appreciate it. Maybe you could tell us a little bit about uh, your history in real estate because you've been at it for a little while now. This is my uh, 30th year, and I'm, I'm loving it. It's a great privilege to help so many people with their largest investment. And uh, real estate, the reason I got into it, it, is the foundation for success in wealth for the most amount of people in history. They've made their money through real estate. So if you make a good investment, and it's also something you need, if I can be a part of that and help people, then it's a privilege. And I know that your company is, uh, is fantastic. They're helping people build their wealth. And so it's an honor to be a part of that. And I know you feel the same way. Yeah, thanks so much. No, I appreciate that. You know, Frank, it's interesting because you and I have, uh, have watched, you know, several markets in our careers, obviously, in real estate. And, you know, when you first started, of course, it was that massive upswing late 80s, but quickly, as soon as you were in it, you know, you saw it come crashing down. In the last few years, we've seen you know a run up, probably second to none, uh, kind of that last little gasp that we saw last year, 2017 spring market. Folks, I hope that you understand that when you deal with, and you've always heard me talk about full time professional realtors, because those those to me are, are second to none in the industry. Those are the people that you want to obviously hire. Frank and his assistants obviously have been able to take care of so many people. And when you hear talking to agents that are living, breathing in a marketplace like that, spring of 2017, that wasn't a fun market. It was exciting. It was prices were going up, but it wasn't a realistic market. So it could be fun if you were on one side of the coin, (laughs) and it could be not so much fun if you were on the other side of the coin. People should understand that investments are over a period of time. And so the problem that we have is many people got into the market or buying real estate and trying to sell real estate in short spurts. They could have gotten into a a situation where they can't handle it, they're not able to maintain it, and they shouldn't actually be in it. People have gotten hurt in that market who didn't do it for the right reasons. Right. Yeah, you know, that's one of the interesting points, and, and I'm glad that you did bring that up. You know, we started talking about speculation, and unfortunately, you know, we also had the uh, the provincial government step in last spring, and, you know, they they didn't use a small hammer. They used a pretty big one, and yet, you know, one of, one of the things that you and I were talking about off-air was the fact that we already knew that the market had kind of peaked on its own. The idea of government intervention is always one that can be very precarious. And so for yourself, you saw the writing on the wall even before the government made any announcements. We were seeing an adjustment to the market about two, three weeks prior to the announcement. The government, I think, got in a little bit late, but also what they did is they got involved with something they shouldn't have. I don't think they understand the intricacies as well as they should have. And the problems they're causing are huge now because they've eliminated investors. They try to get rid of speculators or people who are investing money over time and creating 
residence rental properties for homeowners or, or for, for people who need a place to stay. By putting their big foot in there without understanding the consequences, I think that that's going to affect us for a long term. If you're just tuning in, I've got Frank Leo with me and he is with Remax. You've heard his name right here on News Talk 1010. More importantly, Frank had a stellar 2017. He is the number one agent in the Remax worldwide network. One of the things, just so you know, I you know I know you, and one of the things that I've always admired is the fact of the professionalism that you bring to the industry. But for our listeners' sake, one of the things I'd I'd like you to be able to tell us what are kind of your your I would say your hierarchy in in, in the morales of being a realtor, because a lot of people I think have a huge misconception of what and who you are, because you know they hear your name, they hear you're number one in the world, but you started right down at the very beginning, and you you helped a lot of people along the way. Can you share some of what you consider are the attributes that full-time professional realtors should have? You know, it's your largest investment, so I take that very seriously. I think the problem with real estate is not that it's hard to get a license. It's very easy to get a license. And there was an article saying that there were 50,010 licensed <laughs> realtors in 2017. The reality is that 51.3% of them last year sold less than one property or less. So having someone essentially practice on your largest investment is, is that's where the concern comes in. You have to have a proven strategy. You have to do the right things. And in real estate, we don't sell properties because you are the owner. What we do is we help market it to the largest amount of qualified buyers, the right buyers. And when you reach the right buyer, as opposed to the wrong buyer, you're going to get a lot more money for your property. And if yeah. you reach more of the right buyers, and that's what we do, is we make sure that there's no money left on the table because you did work hard. This is your largest investment. And if you're retiring or you're moving on, you need to get every last penny out of it. And that's my goal for every one of my clients. You know, when you and I were talking a little bit earlier, and I loved what you said, if somebody comes to you and say, it tells you, oh, I sold my house in 24 hours, what do you say? I say, I'm sorry. That's terrible. <laughs> and the reason is simple. I mean, look, I'm a marketing company. I'm there to market your property to millions of potential buyers. I want to reach everyone. But I can't do that in 24 hours. So if somebody sells your property to the first person that walks in the door, you have to ask yourself is how many people didn't see it and how much money did I lose? Yeah, you know, I agree with that philosophy. Always did. That was one of our, our mantras. You know, it's like the more people we can get to see your house, the be better chance you will find the buyer that's going to give you the most money. You followed that through your entire career. And I think that's awesome because, again, more people, you know, equates to and, and more of a true marketplace. You know, one person coming in, you know, grabbing it or coming up with some crazy offer. A lot of people, you know, you were you were talking about bully offers, you know, in a scenario that you had that, you know, somebody, somebody snuck in there, tried to get a bully offer. Everybody goes, Hey, look at how much money. And you said, no, no, no. I'm going to make sure that enough people come through it. And that bully offer wasn't even close to what your end result was. You think of the clients. And so integrity is part of it. You know, when the market was going crazy, there was a few things that were happening. And what we would do is we'd make sure we market the property, but we set an offer date. And so the integrity is that anyone who shows the property, who sees the property, they know when the offer is going to be presented. So if you have a bully offer, and for those who don't know what that is, some people try to put in an offer prior to the date that the offer was going to be looked at by the owners for all potential clients bidding. So I had a situation on a property that was, you know, this was last year, mind you, it was a little bit crazy. We were asking $1.2 million for the property, and we had an offer of $1.8 million, and that's a lot of money. 
Mm -hmm. a lot of money. But we had so much activity on the property. We had an offer date three days after that. And, and we said, listen, we can't take this offer. Unfortunately, we have so many people who have seen the property, and we told them it would be done in three days. And we waited those three days. And in those three days, we had 29 offers, and we ended up selling it for $510,000 more. So the owners... The sellers ended up getting $500,000 more by waiting three days. Yeah, it's amazing. I don't know if our market is going to repeat that anytime soon. One of the things I want our listeners to know, most agents in the industry that came into it in the last couple of years, I don't think they come from the same motivation. I mean, you, you, you know, like I said, you, you've, congratulations on 30 years. That's incredible to have a career in real estate and have the reputation that you have intact is amazing for a 30-year career. But it's amazing how many people that when they saw the money flying in 2015, 2016, 2017, all of a sudden, you know, they all want to become realtors. Frank, we're going to go to a quick break. But when we come back, I want to talk more about your trading area, the area that you practice most of your real estate in. And I want to get your take on a few things with the government. Okay. And uh, don't worry, we, 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 we won't ask for a party affiliation. <laughs> so folks, stay with us. I'll be right back with Frank Leo. And welcome back. If you're just tuning in, my guest this hour is Mr. Frank Leo from Remax. That's right. You've heard his name mentioned, oh, by a ton of times here with Jerry Agar. But more importantly, if you've been in anywhere in the GTA market, pretty much everywhere you turn, you'll either see Frank's signs, you will see his marketing, you will see him in magazines, you'll hear him on the radio, you'll also see him on TV. Frank, um, you know, just before the break, you and I were talking about the crazy market of the spring of 2017. Government turned around, introduced, you know, some measures, you know, fair housing measures, I guess they want to call it. I don't know how fair it was. <laughs> um, you know, you and I, you, you know, I'm sure you and I could go on about it. And, and you know, people, people need to keep their noses out of business they don't understand. You know, the government, as noble as they try to be, they're hurting us uh, in many ways. I, I mean, when you start putting barriers up to home ownership, and that's essentially what's happened, I mean, there are natural or economic factors that affect home ownership, like interest rates and banks who are a very powerful regulator of buyers, making sure that they don't overpay. I mean, we have a great financial system, unlike the U.S., who had the collapse in 08, 09. We were stable because we have five banks who are making sure that people who are buying homes are qualified. But... When the government gets involved, and it's not just in real estate, but in the economy, you know, Ontario, unfortunately, with the higher minimum wage, with the issues with hydro, a lot of companies, a lot of my clients, they're not investing in Ontario. And so if we don't have a job, how can we afford homes? And then in January, I mean, the press reported there was an 88,000 job loss yeah. in January alone. So the concern is that if there's not good employment, there's not good stability in your work, then you can't own a home. And that's the big concern is adding foreign buyers, taxes and, and things. That's terrible. That's, that's not going to help. I know they, they want to talk about affordability for buyers, but, you know, one of the things that we've had a lot of conversations about over the, over the years is the fact that we have a lack of new inventory coming in. So we're not talking about the resale part of it. It's the allowance of builders, you know, the red tape that they have to jump through, the infill, you know, the densification of some of the areas. It gets tougher and tougher and tougher. And of course, we don't have any, you know, the transit's always been a concern in the GTA. You know, it's a real tough time. And so, you know, you, you see these new buildings going up and, you know, you 50 60 stories you know you've got more and more people that are kind of like you know we're thickening up toronto a little but we definitely don't have the ability to move people around where are people going to end up moving to if if toronto continues on the course that it is you have to incentivize people to risk what they have to build this inventory that you're talking about we all need we need that but rent controls came in 
you know, making it more difficult and less of a, a willingness for people to rent out their place and, and create that kind of inventory. So if you're not incentivizing people to risk their hard-earned capital, sure. then you're not going to get yeah. more inventory, more, inventory. more, more yeah. properties. Toronto is a great place, I mean, but it's all dependent on the economy. I mean, Ontario is a have-not province. We were leading Canada in terms of industry, and we're not. If we're not getting jobs, we're not getting creation of opportunities, how much of a mortgage or rent can someone pay if they have unemployment going on? If you're just tuning in, I've got Frank Leo with me, and he is with Remax. You've heard his name right here on News Talk 1010. More importantly, Frank had a stellar 2017. He is the number one agent in the Remax worldwide network. Having been in real estate for years with Frank, actually, um, you know, seeing him as a colleague, what an achievement. I, I got to say congratulations. That That is a lot of work to get to that top thank, ring. Thank you. I love what I do. I meet great people and that, that's what keeps me going. Frank, a couple of things. We watched now a seesaw battle uh, in, in real estate. In, in, within 12 months, we have seen both the highest sales and then we've seen a huge adjustment in the market. Fortunately, we, we haven't seen a price crash. I'm pretty sure that once we get the March, April, May numbers, we're going to see that year over year, there's a bigger adjustment than what we would like to see. But if we take truly, you know, the market for what it is, 2017 market, averaging everything, I think that 2018, we should pretty much be a stabilized market. I don't think we're going to see any huge losses. It's just a couple of people month over month might have hit that kind of that crest. When you talk to people nowadays, you're out there in the trenches all the time. How are you going to deal with a seller that bought, let's say, last April, 2017? How are you going to handle talking to them today if they need to sell that property? You have to tell them the truth. Bottom line is the market is a fluid entity. So the market has adjusted. Those were the highs. And real estate long-term is a great investment. You know, 20 years from now, I have no doubt that property will be worth more than what Way they paid. Way more, for sure, yeah. But why are they selling today? If they're selling to move somewhere else, the property they're buying is also adjusted in price. So it doesn't change yeah. anything. If they did it for the wrong reasons... That's who's going to complain. It's the speculators, for sure. That's right. Yeah. How about some advice for buyers nowadays? Before, like I said, in the run-up, you know, agents were telling people, oh, the, whatever money you can afford, throw the offer, throw the offer. Um, I'd, I'd like to know your, because your experience, I mean, you, like I said, you, you, you've got thousands of sales behind you. In today's world of real estate, what is some good advice you can give to home buyers? The thing about home ownership Toronto, uh, Canada, you can't live outside. So you're going to pay for shelter, whether it's renting or buying. So now you have to do the calculations are where you're at in life, you know, how much are you paying in rent? What would it cost you to own? And you have to make those calculations. I mean, right now we have one of the best interest rates we've had in history. I mean, it's gone up slightly, the yeah. uptick, but I mean, sure. where else can you get that kind of opportunity to buy into real estate and over time build your wealth on your own? So if you find a great location, you can afford the payments, then long term, you're going to be very happy because you have what you want. Now, sure. if it's not what you want to buy, it's not comfortable for you, then renting may be a short-term option until you can get into a longer-term position in terms of real estate so you don't have to move. Because over time, it's a great investment. But if you're not happy with it and you buy it today and you have to sell it within a year or two, that's when you get into problems. Look, cost of sales. You know, you're, you've dealt with land transfer tax. You're going to have to deal with fees. Yeah. You know, one of the things. Um, you know, one of, one of the pieces of advice is whenever I would talk to, to buyers was always, make sure that you know whatever your max 
uh, allowances, pull it back by about 10%. You know, don't Great always advice. go right to the limit because there are those people that, you know, if people were playing with variable mortgages, you know, and they start seeing the market creep up a little, it's, it's going to make it tougher for people. You always have to have a little bit of reserve because you don't know what the incidentals are of life. But interest rates are a big factor, and, and you have to plan for that inevitability that they will change. Hopefully they go down, not up, but if they go up, you're prepared for that. Great point. And, uh, you know, life happens. You know, we talk, when, when, when I do the simple seminars, I tell people flat out, you know, be prepared for life. And, you know, that's why, in my opinion, real estate is such a good investment because long term it serves everybody. You know, it really does. Absolutely. You know, everybody needs a roof over their head. And, you know, it doesn't matter what technology does. Technology can never replace the roof over your head, you know. So I, I, unless we can figure out some compact way of doing it, I, I really don't see technology improving the idea that you have a roof over your head. So we're coming into a spring market. If you are going to be a seller, what advice can you give a seller today? You know, you should uh, prepare your home, make it look as nice as possible, and get it on as quickly as possible as well. I mean, people don't realize the spring market is actually uh, now, or if not, last <laughs> started, month. Started a month ago, yeah. A month ago, because <laughs> people are moving in May and June and July. They're moving out. They're moving into the new place. But they've sold and bought three months prior to that. You know, get it out there before you miss the opportunity of the spring market. It's a good market. The world has not uh, crashed on us. Um, there's opportunities out there to make the move. And, you know, when you're buying and selling, it really doesn't make a difference. Yeah. Because if you get more for your place that you're selling, you're going to pay a little bit more. And if you get a little bit less, you pay less. It balances out. But over time, sure. your investment is still being paid off and you have an asset that you can use as uh, your retirement fund as well. Quick comment on neighborhoods. Any ones you see that are going to be real solid this year? Like, you know, because there, there are some little pockets that kind of pop up out of nowhere. You know, we, you know, we had the, we had the junction, we had, you know, different areas that, you know, would pop up. Um, is there something you see this year being strong market? I think there's always those little niche neighborhoods. I mean, there's people that want to move into them. What we're finding today is that there's less of them than there were last year. Uh, right. where, where people were just jumping in yeah, anywhere they, they could find a property. Yeah, 80 offers on a property, you know, because maybe only three properties came available in that neighborhood. But it wasn't maybe the ideal neighborhood. So right. people were settling. And so the, the advantage that we have today is, is not so much neighborhoods, but you can do your research. And when you buy a property, regardless of the price, you're finding the right property in the right area that's going to suit your needs. And when you do that... It doesn't matter. Over time, you've made a great investment. It's when you buy the wrong property sure. because there's nothing else available and you're acting quickly, that's when you get into trouble. Frank, best way for our listeners to reach you? Through my website, getleo.com. It's very easy to remember. I'm more than happy to answer any questions because I think that a lot of people out there that are looking at real estate think it's just, you know, you put a sign on your lawn and whatever. It's not. It's, it's a big investment that you have, and you want to make sure that you uh, do things properly. Yeah, excellent. Listen, Frank, it has been such a pleasure having you on the show today. Likewise. And, um, you know, definitely uh, we'll stay in touch. I want to uh, you know, have to talk to you after the spring market. We'll let, you know, we can compare some notes and see what's going on. So it's been a real pleasure. Pleasure is all mine. Folks, that was Mr. Frank Leo from REMAX, and a real pleasure to have him on the show. Uh, congratulations to him, number one agent in the world in the REMAX network for 2017. That's a huge accomplishment by any means, just so you know. It's a tough to get there. I, uh, of course, want to thank everybody uh, that came on the show today, and it's been a real pleasure as usual. I want to thank Ian and Andre, of course, keeping it simple for me, as they do every single week. Remember, I'm back next Saturday at 3 p.m. as usual. I'm your host, Todd C. Slater. You've been listening to Simply Real Estate right here on News Talk 1010.